think it all kind of like I know I mentioned power before and I think it's just like how it's all individual for us like it's just a way of kind of expressing your own type of power mm. like some people it can be intellectual some people can be physical some people may, might be through like a musical talent yeah power mm. but I don't th- I don't think that it's uh, kind of specific to one thing it can be wherever kind of you manifest this what do you mean by life. power like you're the best at it not even being the best but just kind of where you can channel your, the energy of yourself yeah I'm gonna try to get it going like two times a week again. And, awesome, like, man. Really start putting out because, yeah, this is some shit I realize like I actually am pretty passionate about, and I bet I bet you can can relate when you talk about MMA and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. this is something I've genuinely like. I feel like I understand the word passion based on this. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, absolutely, man. It's literally like when I'm doing this, I don't think about anything else. It's pure in the moment, pure meditation. You know? Absolutely, dude. I know exactly what you're talking about. Fucking when you're in the cage. Pressed up against some homie. That's a that's a wild feeling, dude. Yeah. It's uh it's like something it's really hard to describe. Um, I guess the way if I could kind of go into it the most, it's when I feel kind of most I, I know people say like alive a lot, uh-huh. but it's when I feel the most like a man. Man. And it's not even like a man, almost the most like uh in like an in an animalistic way. Hmm. Barbaric. Barbaric, but gladiator. Kinda, yeah. I mean it's like I feel like in kind of the modern world we live in, there are very few times where men kind of get to like, you know, do something kind of as crazy as fight inside of a cage. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I do, it's like, I feel like it's just something that we've been doing since like our birth as a species. Facts. And it kind of, um, when I get to be there in there doing it, I feel like I'm like... Tapping into your Exactly. Yeah, words. exactly. I'm kind of tapping into like my sort of, my caveman side a little bit. That's hard as fuck. I respect the fuck out of that. How'd you get into it? So, um... Kind of funny story. I was about 14 years old when I first started training, and I was just, I'd played football my whole life growing up, but I was kind of, by the time I got to high school, I was kind of getting bored with football. I'd done it since first grade. Uh, but I really loved kind of the contact aspect of everything. Yeah. That was kind of my favorite part. Uh, and like, I like football was cool and stuff, but I was like, you know, like, I kind of want something more. Yeah. And I always like thought like, That's fucking wild. <laughs> growing up, like I loved martial arts. Like I loved like watching like all like the Kung Fu movies and stuff. And like, this is going to sound super soft, but like. Dragon Ball was like my favorite show growing up and just yeah. like seeing them fighting and training I was like that's like I was like that was like the coolest thing ever and uh, There was this gym that opened up in South Boston in 2011 and uh, So it'd been around for a couple years and I'd always walked by it because it was uh, near the t-station and uh, One day when I was kind of deciding I was doing football. I was like, all right I need this is about I, my freshman year of high school. I was like I need I need something else to do I can't just be a bum so uh, I walked into the gym. I was like hey, I introduced myself to the coaches and stuff and I was like, can I stick around for, like, a session? And uh, stuck around, did the practice with the guys. Then I was, like, talking to a couple of the guys after. I was like, oh, like, what are you doing? And they were like, oh, I fight in the UFC. I fight in Bellator. That's great. And I was like, what? Like, you guys are, like, doing this at the highest level, and I'm, like, this little kid in here with you? Like, this is wild. And then from then on, I was like, all right, like, this is the place for me. Damn. And, uh, yeah. It's like movie type shit. It literally Walking is. It, it, I'm so lucky, man. Uh, those guys took me under my wing so, uh, just, they were so kind to me while I was so young, and they kind of mentored me all 
through my growth from, you know, 14 year old kid into a 20 year old amateur. Yeah. So it's been a crazy ride. What's the, where do you, where do you think it's headed? Like, what's the goal? You know, the, the goal is wherever it takes me. Yeah. I don't really do it because I have one end goal in mind. I do it because I love it. Mm. Um, I like that. I like that for anything where you just do it because you fucking love it because that will take you where you need to be. Absolutely, man. I mean, I think if I'm saying like, it's like, you know, make it to the UFC or bust, like this is kind of, I'm setting myself up for disappointment, mm. but I just want to like, I want to do it because I love it, not because I have these crazy goals. And I think because I love it so much, it pushes me to work so hard at it rather than um, like I need to accomplish this one thing. Exactly. Now that's not saying like, you know, I don't want to have great things I want to accomplish, mm. which I really do, but the goals themselves aren't what's pushing me. Yeah. And I think that's how you like, that's what should be fueling the engine is the passion behind it. And like, like literally we were just talking about this for the podcast. Like at, when I started doing an OD and I was getting bad numbers, I was like, oh shit, this would be some sick, like sick to get famous off this and sick to like yeah. really, really get big off of this. But then, like, I lost interest in it almost. Like, I hated, I didn't like doing them as much because it felt like a job. Mm. And I took, now taking a long break, I want to come back and just do it for me. Like, absolutely. Not for anybody else, not for numbers, not for viewers, not for listeners. Like, dead ass, just for me to be able to sit down with someone like this. Absolutely, man. And I feel like uh, after my last fight, I mean, I know you were there. Um, I kind of got wrapped up in that a little bit. I mean, it's kind of like you were there. I mean, like, it's like, you know, there's a lot of people, there's yeah. all the lights, it's on local TV. It's like, it's different. That, mm. So that was my. My first fight ever was when I was, it was actually kind of funny story, it was illegal. I was 17 years old and I was in this basement in Rhode Island. <laughs> in, in, uh, fuck, what was the name of the town? Uh, Tiverton, Rhode Island. And yep. I was 17 and I fought this guy that was 25 and I ended up beating him and it was like the craziest thing ever, but it was like, dude, it was so shitty. It was like, was there refs? What's up? Was there refs? Yeah, there was, there was refs was and like... there was like, you know, a cage that they put up in like this abandoned warehouse and like, oh, fuck. it was like a bunch of like bikers and stuff it. and then it was me and like, you know, my like white collar family there and <laughs> I'm like, all right, my son's going to go fight this guy now that has Providence tattooed across his face. <laughs> he like pulls so... out a knife mid fight. <laughs> but yeah, that was, so that was like, so like obviously going from that and then like when I, like when I told people about that, they were kind of like, oh, like, oh it was weird. Like, I don't really yeah, care. Yeah. Compared to like, you know, K-Shines, which is like a legitimate professional organization, like on TV, like at a nice venue. Like yeah. it's different. I feel like it definitely kind of played to my ego a little bit. And I was like, oh shit, like everyone at school saw this, like, you know, it was on like all the stories and stuff. I was like, now like, I'm like, you know, I have this reputation I have to uphold as like the fighter kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, I don't know. I feel like after that fight and I, that kind of like. That was difficult because I was like, oh, I don't want this to be, like, my whole identity. Facts. Um, so I think kind of similar to the podcast, I was like, I don't want to – that's kind of why we um, – when I first – excuse me. When we first talked about the goals, why I sort of said that was uh, kind of after this last fight, I realized I was like, you know, all the admiration and attention stuff is cool. But, like, I, if I want to be doing it for that, then I'm in it for the wrong reasons. Like, I got to mm -hmm. do it because it's about – it's, like, what I love, yeah. not because I'm trying to impress others. That's crazy. You fucking caught that shit after one fight. Trying, man. Trying. That's awesome. Nah, you have a super good attitude. I've always noticed that about you. Like, you just attract positivity. You're always putting it out. Like, to be honest, when someone told me you were fighting, I was like, that kid fights? Like, I didn't even... He, you don't seem like you have, like, that anger in you, but it's probably because you leave it out on the mats and shit like that so you can walk away without it, you know? I try my best, man. Um, I feel like the more really tough people I've been around, I've always noticed that they're, like, the nicest, kind of kindest and most gentle people, mm. obviously, when they're not fighting. Uh, and so I tried to kind of take after their image. Um... I feel like growing up, 
especially as men, like, we have such, like, we're always trying to prove ourselves to other people. Yeah. We're always trying to, like, I feel like, you know, it's like, you, some guy bumps into you at a party, you're like, yo, like, watch it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I try to, like, I feel like that a lot of that is kind of a sign that you sort of don't believe in yourself and you have to posture. Mm-hmm. So I feel like since I have kind of such belief in myself, I can give this, you know, soft personality on the outside yeah, while yeah. still being able to do some crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. I respect that. Thanks, I feel I feel the same way. I don't I don't really trust myself that much physically, but like like you said with the confidence, like I'm not really worried about getting press or anything like that, you know. So yeah, absolutely. I, I I see like I'm I'd like to say I'm the same way where I could just be myself, and it's I wouldn't even use the word soft. I'd just say you're being yourself, you yeah, know? just kind and shit like that. But yeah, that shit that shit terrifies me though. Fucking de- yeah. like last night. I mean, I'm not gonna use names because. Mm-hmm. but I ran into it's a like it's a crazy story but there's this kid I know who's like a boxer kid mm-hmm. and he got bullied his whole life and that's why he's into boxing because he yeah. got bullied and like he wanted to defend himself and he's net like his bullies just like stopped bullying him because he switched schools and stuff like that and I've had him on the podcast too he told this whole story cool I'll have to listen and, and um last night he was pressing me and shit like that and like he was just like he just, I don't know, I talk shit to him as a joke and shit like that. That's how our relationship is. Mm-hmm. And he started pressing me and stuff like that. And then, like, I was like, yo, like, you, you're you turning into the bully. Like, he's yeah. completely hit a full 360 because, like, he, he just keeps getting in mad trouble and shit like that. And it's because he did it for the wrong reasons, I think. He yeah. boxed to defend himself. Never, didn't ever have to defend himself because the people feared him after seeing him box and, like, get big and stuff like that. So now he's just, like, looking for fights to prove himself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that- it goes along with your man improving. Like, I just see it in his eyes. Like, he's always... Like, he, he thinks being an alpha in a room is all physicality and just mm-hmm. being able to fuck someone up. It's like, no, nah, it's not like that. Yeah, um, that's definitely a very tough thing to kind of go through. Um, I think a lot of it has to do, not only with self-control, but kind of the ego. Yeah. It's very uh, difficult, like, you know, when you have a lot of skills to not want to kind of, like, you know, posture and kind of be that sort of tough guy. Like... Mm. I think especially when you go from kind of being more on... Have you ever felt like that? Sorry to interrupt, but did you ever... Do you ever have... Like, I feel like some people... I don't know. Like, when you understood you... Your abilities, like what you could do physically, like how much stronger... Did did that make you someone, like, who started to press people or did you immediately become humbler? Yes. In the beginning, it did. And I hated the person that I was becoming. How fast did it take you to, like, snap out of it? I like to think it was relatively quickly, but I don't know, probably like the first year, like, you know, all I wanted to do was prove myself, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of that kind of stems back was at that time, I was still like, you know, just starting, just learning. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been doing this now for six years, so or like, yeah, since I was 14. And I think kind of at the start, it's like, you know, you want to kind of like, you're doing something new that's kind of cool and like, you know, sort of tough and you want to prove it to other people. Mm -hmm. And so I think I definitely was through that stage and, you know, I... I can't say I'm out of it now, but I think at least now I have a little bit better grasp of like, you know, all right, Tyler, like, let's calm down here a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I get you. I just feel like some people, like, as they get better at what they're doing at their craft, I guess, like, someone who gets better at basketball or someone who gets better at fighting like you, I feel like when you're more talented, you're, you're, you have less of an ego in a sense. I you agree. You know what I'm saying? I absolutely agree. So, like, because it's, it's, like, a confidence behind it. That's why it throws me off, because then there's some people who, when they get better, they just become an asshole, mm-hmm. it, you know? Absolutely. And I don't know what it is. Is that, like, raised, like, how they're raised, or is that how 
their environment is or whatever, or is that just them inside them, you know? You know, I think kind of whoever we become is always kind of a product of all things. Like, you know, there's the environment you're raised in, there's the people you're around, and then there's ultimately who you are mm-hmm. and your overall character, uh, I guess family values and stuff included, and I'm sure they all play a role. But I think ultimately you have to, t- at least with this, you have to take responsibility for yourself and your own actions yeah. and be the person that you nice. want to be. Mm. Agreed. I, I agree with that too. And when I think about this specific scenario, I feel like there's some mental things for him blocking him from like recognizing it. But the next morning, he te- he sent me a text the next day. Like he was like, my, my bad about that and stuff like that. Like I yeah. depressed you and shit like no, that. No, believe me, man. I've done the exact same thing. We all, <laughs> we're all, we've it? all been there. But... No, yeah, he's a good kid at heart, and I know he's going through shit, but I was, I literally said to him, I was like, bro, like, you deadass flipped the script, like, you're the bully right now, like, just because you can, you're just talking that shit. He beat the absolute shit out of me, too, like, he knew it, but, fuck, goes along with just proving yourself as a man. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think kind of bullying, too, uh, I mean, it's such a weird thing when we're growing up to kind of, uh, like, there's so many emotions that just come with, like, you know, going from, like, a little kid to, like, a teenager mm. to an adult. Yeah. It's tough to kind of manage it all yourself and not want to put it out on someone else. Mm. Um, but I think kind of, like, you know, the tough thing that maybe, I mean, I don't know the situation, but, like, your friend, he probably went from, like, you know, a situation where he felt powerless to where he, like, you know, had a lot of power in the situation. That's exactly And, like, you know, when you get a lot of power quickly, it's very difficult to sort of know what to do with it. Yeah, he had no respect, and now a lot of people respect him. For who he is as a person, because he's become a lot better as a person, and now because of his physicality. So, I just hope it doesn't go to his head too much and get him in too much cool. trouble. Yeah, for but, sure, man. I'm, ro- I'm rooting for him too. <laughs> but that shit's funny as hell. But you keep you keep like mentioning um, proving yourself as a man. Is that something you grew like? Did you feel that weight growing up a lot? Like, I don't know. You said it a couple times, and you said it with fighting, and like you said, it's a pressure that we all feel. But that's something like I never really felt myself. Um, maybe I'd say it's just me and the environment I grew up in. Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel like fighting, and now, not to discount it at all for kind of the feminine aspect of it, because I know some amazing female fighters as well. Uh I think it can be a very feminine thing as well, but I think it's kind of like something that most people stereotypically would think is kind of a core of something masculine, is like fighting or war. Yeah, yeah. And so I think kind of the environment that I grew up in, my kind of male role models were like, you know, professional fighters or... Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like my kind of way that I wanted to prove myself to these guys I looked up with was to show kind of prowess in this. Mm-hmm. So I think at least for me, I think, you know, this is just from my personal experience, I guess to be a man is very kind of individual. I think it varies very on an individual basis. What it means for me is very different. What it means to you is yeah. what it means to like, you know, someone else who's sitting out there. But at least for me, I think. Now, this is not the only part of it, but it's just been something that I've always kind of associated that they've gone together. I think yeah. just based on kind of the environment I've grown up in. I get you. It's interesting. I feel like what you're saying is not necessarily even be a man. It's like being you. you yeah, know? exactly. Because like, if the, the, the feminine side's in it, like, well, is she being a woman for doing it? It's like, nah, she's just being her, you know? Exactly. But, yeah. I think that's ultimately what it comes, comes kind of comes so, full yeah, circle. Essentially, being yourself. and you're always trying to prove yourself. I get that. Always just trying to find yourself, but... I think it all kind of, like, I know I mentioned power before, and I think it's just, like, how it's all individual for us. Like, it's just a way of kind of expressing your own type of power. Mm. Like, some people can be intellectual. Some people can be physical. Some people might be through, like, a musical talent. Yeah, power. Mm. 
but I don't th- I don't think that it's uh, kind of specific to one thing. It can be wherever kind of you manifest this. What do you mean by life. power? Like you're the best at it? Not even being the best, but just kind of where you can channel your, the energy of yourself. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, I dabble in playing guitar, but I wouldn't call myself an amazing musician. It's just something I do for fun. But like, you know, Jimi Hendrix has a lot of power when he plays yeah, the guitar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm. it can move people and people are impressed by it. I'm no, I'm, oh God. An artist even far worse. I can do stick figures at the most. <laughs> but, like, you know, say, when you look at, like, a Van Gogh or some incredible work of art, there's power to it. Power. Mm. I like that. I like the use of the word power in that essence. So it's all, you think, like, the goal for most people in life is to just find what that power is and express it? I, man, we're really getting really existentialist here, <laughs> which is, I love. It's awesome. I love it. I'm really into philosophy. But, I mean, I can't say it's... I wish I had one definitive goal of life and I wish that I could be the person to figure that out because maybe I could make a lot of money writing a book that way. But I think that it may not be the sole goal, but I think it is something that we're all searching for. I mean, I feel like everyone who's kind of driven wants to find something, not even that they're necessarily good at, but just something that they like and something that makes them feel fulfilled. Mm. Um, I think that, and it doesn't necessarily have to be something that would like impress other people. Like maybe... I don't know. It could be anything. Just something that, for like, them. yeah, for them. It's yeah. we all kind of have our own personal preferences, and it's just whatever kind of makes you feel. This that thing that makes you like, you know, kind of drives you to do stuff. I, I don't really. No, I wish I, I could articulate. I, it I better, get you. But. There's levels to it too, because I was talking about this literally with Eddie like an hour ago, because we were just chilling, and I was saying how like I get mad anxiety all the time that I'm not enough. Like, don't we all, man? Like all the time, I'm always thinking like I should be doing this, I should be doing that, and. The biggest thing, like, I want to fulfill a passion first, but I want to use that passion to help others because I think, like, that's, like you were saying, like, that power, I think you have to find your way to express your power to help other people. Like, I think I think Absolutely, the, the I goal is somehow to combine all of our powers to make something cumulative. We need to start, like, like I, I don't know, all of my goals in my life and all of my, like, my stressing about not being enough is very group orientated it's for the better of the whole and i think you see that a lot in our generation because of the the problems we face and like i mean if you like growing up our generation going through school like every class the problem is environmental health and it's like Mm -hmm. at the forefront and it's like it feels like we're in like a conscious shift where we need to all think of like the group instead of the individual and that power that you were talking about along with like fulfilling a passion that you need it fulfills like i don't know because we're talking about there's no like one purpose you have to find your one purpose but Mm -hmm. i think there's layers to it in an essence you know and it's just it's just mad confusing i've been having like mad scatterbrain lately because with i'm just trying to find like what it i mean i know i'm young but i'm trying to find what it is you know like what i'm here to do and it's just it's just mad stressful sometimes you know because you feel like like fuck if I don't do anything like at the end of the day I just made money and survived it's like what did I do to the greater good of humanity you know absolutely man I completely understand what you're saying and I think kind of if we can kind of touch on a couple of things you brought up go for it uh, I think first the that kind of feeling that you're not enough and I feel like that's something that you know maybe a lot more people go through than we think and we think it's kind of when you're going through it you're like man like i must be the only person who feels this way mm-hmm. like i think like ed for you like you're a very popular guy at school a lot of people probably look at you and they're like man like ed's got everything going on you know what i mean like yeah. this guy's like he's super cool he's got a lot of friends like people like him <laughs> like this guy's life must be perfect but i think it's like 
it's cool for like to hear someone like you like admit like man you go through those same feelings yeah and i think that the feeling not enough is we spend so much time and this kind of goes back to my original point when we talked about sort of the doing stuff for love not for goals is um we spend so much time trying to aspire to the next thing and like, oh, I've done this, but now I have to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't think we spend enough time kind of appreciating ourselves and enjoying what we've done. Yeah, that's actually facts. There's so many, like, I never take progress pics with my body, but I have like once in a while, like throughout the years. And if I look at it, I always feel better. Like I always actually yeah. finally say like, damn, you are changing. Like, good job. Keep going. But it just takes a lot like to say good job to yourself. Absolutely. I mean, even with that, it's like, you know, you might, you look at yourself in the mirror every day and you probably like, you know, you see yourself so often, you may, you maybe you don't see the difference until you see that picture. Mm-hmm. I think maybe, you know, we need like things like that in our life to remind us how far we've come. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to do that. And it's hard. I don't know why for me, it's hard to like give myself credit because like, I don't know. It's just an overwhelming feeling of like, you could always do more. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's always room for improvement. There's always room to get better, but yeah, I think that's something I should try to focus on is, like, acknowledging what I have accomplished. Because I'm very goal-orientated. Goal like, yes, there's passions fueling it, but I need to see shit get checked off a list. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's oh, what, absolutely. That's what gives me serotonin in my brain. Like, literally, like, when I get my class syllabus, I print them out and I put them on a wall. And, like, I just cross off every nice. day. And, like, the best I might feelings, try that. The best feelings at the end of the semester when you just rip it off the wall, you know? Awesome, man. That's great. Yeah, I think, I mean, ha- I think having goals is a very positive thing. But I just think it's like, I think it's a difference between just having goals and enjoying accomplishment because that's like, you know, that's your drive. You don't want to just be like, you know, couch potato yeah. doing nothing all day. But I think there's a difference between that and I need to do this. I need to do this to be happy or else my life's going to be terrible. Yeah. That's facts. I agree with that. But it's just the balance. I was trying to find the balance, the yin and the yang. Yeah. Um, were you ra- raised religiously? Not uh, particularly uh, religiously in a sense. Um, Most of my stuff I've kind of learned from a sort of more spiritual basis kind of comes from my dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's lived a really interesting life. I don't want to get in all of it, but he spent a lot of time kind of in... Literally. (laughs) Oh, now that would be a good episode right there. I got to get him on. But uh, he spent spent a lot of time in China and Asia kind of studying Eastern religion and Eastern philosophy. Um, In India, China, like, you know, he speaks Chinese and stuff. He's, um, He's kind of learned a lot about Buddhism, Hinduism and a lot of kind of uh, the Eastern philosophies. And so to kind of contrast that, so he was kind of telling me all that stuff that he learned out there as I grew up and sort of sharing little his little bits of knowledge with me and kind of just put it out there. My, my dad's been like my biggest mentor. He's in the world who I look up the most to. So kind of he got me started with all this stuff. And then I also went to a Catholic high school. And so I got a lot <laughs> of, crazy. I got a lot of, um, you know, two kind of conflicting yeah, things on either yeah. end. One, be happy with yourself, like feel the balance, be in the moment. The other one, feel guilt about everything. Literally. And so I don't, I like, you know, I don't want to, um, like, uh, I mean, I will. In my mind, I definitely know there's one I enjoyed much more than the other. Facts. And one I think is much more useful. But I think that we can take, like, you know, little bits of each and of kind of pick them into this. So I would not say, I'd say no, I wasn't raised, raised religious, religiously in a sense that, like, you know, I went to church every Sunday, yeah. I did all this. But I would say... I was raised in a way that was very conscious of sort of spirituality and religious value. Nice. What What do you believe in yourself? What do you take What do you take from your dad? Isn't that a tough question? <laughs> I think that to some there's so much, but I'd say kind of to summarize in a brief way what I would take from a lot of it is that the majority of life is out of our control. 
um, kind of the universe and everything around us. There's so much going on that we can't control and we should just try to appreciate, take seriously and enjoy the things that we, that we can. And just be grateful for that. Yeah. So I think, a, yeah, appreciation and being grateful, I think is a very kind of underappreciated, uh, ironic and underappreciated <laughs> aspect of our life. That's facts, bro. Anytime, anytime, like, you know, David Goggins probably, of course. Yeah. He, the one thing he said that like really stuck with me is when he would be in a shitty situation, he would just start looking at what he got. And like, he's, he was given like war scenario and he's, and he's like, he's like, well, shit, I don't got a gun, but I got my feet. And he's like, so I can run. He's like, thank you for my feet. And he's like, thank yeah, you for that's my awesome. arms. Thank you. For, you know, like he started like the basic, basic shit. He's like, thank you for my eyes. So I could see and like, just like. Literally shit like that all the time. So if I'm playing basketball or something like that and I like roll my ankle or do some dumb shit and I'm about to get mad, I'll be like, well, at least I have like an ankle to roll. Yeah. So like at least I was playing basketball in the first place, you know? It's crazy how little we appreciate things until they're gone. Mm. Yes. And it's, you know what's I've been thinking about a lot is you, we say that. So we both say that right now. We can't appreciate something till it's gone. And so if I have something right now, I'm going to register it like, hmm. Living in the dorm, for example, this is something that I enjoy. There's also it has its positives and its negatives and stuff like that. But I know, I know, the second I leave, I'm gonna miss something about it. I can't yeah. realize now, and I even thinking about it and acknowledging that, I'm still gonna miss it. Like, I'm still not gonna know until it's gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. we say we can't appreciate till like something, like we can't appreciate something till it's gone. Like, I genuinely don't think you could fully appreciate something till it's gone because you won't realize. You know? Absolutely, I agree. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, you can think about it, you can say that and shit like that, but at the end of the day, until it's gone, you don't know the feeling of it being gone. Absolutely. You know? And it's fucked, but... It really is. It's just a part of being a human. It's crazy, man. I mean, I could definitely do a much better job of this, but I do my best, like, you know, any anytime something reminds me of kind of something I love or it being taken away... Uh, I try to, uh, what was he going to say? I try to kind of think about appreciating that. Are you familiar with uh, Seneca, the ancient Greek philosopher at all? No. He had, um, shoot, what was it called? I read a book on it. Man, I shouldn't have brought this up. I wasn't going to remember the exact <laughs> You're name. You're good. But he had um, this kind of one philosophy about kind of a similar, a similar as, uh, aspect in life. He talked about how anytime there's kind of something in life that you really love or really enjoy just think about not being able to do it or not having it and it'll make you love it so much more yeah it's it's easier said than done oh negative meditation that was what it was called negative Negative meditation meditation. that's interesting you you practice meditation i'm assuming i do well how how often whenever i feel i need it yeah uh I i do kind of breathing exercises every day um i like to do i like to meditate in different ways um, and I think it's kind of meditation is a term that's very open-ended and I think it kind of be, can be put for different people. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe someone who's a really good basketball player sh- going out in the morning and shooting free throws while there's no one at the basketball court, it's meditation for them. Or maybe someone who's on the cross country team, maybe just going out and running is a form yeah. of meditation for them. But I mean, I do like to do some form of like, you know, the traditional sort of meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I really like is, are you familiar with Wim Hof at all? Dude. You're right up my fucking alley. Wim Hof is my... Like, if I were to believe in, like, a spiritual god, it'd be Wim Hof. Wim Hof's the man, dude. I love him. <laughs> I've, I've read his books. I've done all this shit, bro. I've literally made a YouTube video of doing it and jumping in, a, like, a frozen waterfall. Like, That's so cool. Over, That's over, awesome. 
over break, me and my boys, he lives on a lake. We'd work out, and then we'd do Wim Hof after, and then fucking take an axe to the lake and see how long we could go in it. That's so like that. cool. But that, so that, um, so kind of, Wim Hof was something I discovered, uh, actually roughly around this time last year, kind of winter break of last year. It was kind of during the height of COVID when everything was closed and there wasn't like a lot of fun stuff to do. And I kind of got a little more interested in more mm-hmm. of the esoteric stuff. And, uh, I got really into Wim Hof and kind of the, the kind of, you can, it's awesome that you can relate to this is when you're kind of in something like, so for, I guess for anyone listening who doesn't know, Wim Hof is this oh, yeah. kind of guru <laughs> guy. Who, yeah, it's a, yeah, he yeah, talks Ed, about, take it, you're the host. He's uh, he talks about breathing techniques and stuff. He, his whole, well, I read his book and it was basically, he grew up in like northern europe and it was freezing all the time and shit like that and he just was addicted to being outside and when it was when he was young like he tried to find ways to stay outside as long as possible so he like literally created this breathing method and he would go swimming in the ice water and shit like that like crazy crazy stuff and then as time went on he just kept using it and horrible shit happened in his life and he kept getting through it with like this breathing method and stuff like that and it's actually really like moving because he never took any drugs or anything. He never went to scientists or anything. Like he just did it for him and it worked out. And now he's like changing the world. Like, dude, literally before you came, I did Wim Hof and took a cold shower. Like, nice. Just after I worked awesome, out. Awesome, dude. It's I, yeah. that's something I have to do every day. Like, there's four things I have to do every day, and two of them are Wim Hof and cold shower. Yeah, dude. So just touching back on meditation. I mean, like, I love the breathing, but I feel like some, there's something crazy about the cold. Is that it's such a perfect opportunity to use the skills of meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what meditation ultimately comes down to is being able to kind of remove yourself from a situation and calm yourself. I think that's kind of the crux of what you're trying to get from it. Mm-hmm. And I think, I'm sure for anyone listening, if you've ever jumped in a cold pool or, like, you know, jumped in, like, you know, accidentally hit the shower handle and made the water cold, you have this, like, constricting reaction from yeah, your body. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Uh, it's like, all you want to do is, like, your teeth chatter and your heart races. And one thing I try to do is I like to stay in the cold water until I can, so I do, like, ice baths. Uh, until I can control my breathing and like mm-hmm. completely stop it to like a normal level. And even though that might seem like kind of dumb, I feel like the thing it teaches me is to just be able to, in a stressful situation where there's something kind of going on that's like difficult for my body and my mind, I want to be able to kind of talk myself into like, this is okay, I can yeah. be calm during Stay this. Stay present. That's so hard. That's, that's, like, that, that's like my favorite. If I were to pick like a real form of meditation, I don't do a lot of like, you know, the cross-legged yeah, yeah. ohm stuff, me but I love, I love like, you know, the breathing and the cold yeah I'm, I'm in the same boat literally me and my friends like we were saying when we were going to the lake the best part is when you can finally like you said get your breath under you and stuff like that and then you're just looking and you're like i'm at the same level as fucking ice like oh absolutely you're just not. like it's the coolest feeling ever everything's so still like there's not no thoughts like that's what i love about it is like mm-hmm. you're literally so there you know but as you're saying, like that, you have your meditation, like shooting hoops and stuff like that, and traditional meditation. I would call that stuff like forced meditation. Like, I I make sure every day I well now this is my New Year's resolution is to read 30 minutes a day. Nice. And to, um, there's a couple other things, but the main thing is read 30 minutes because I don't want to die having a bookshelf with 10 books on it because I only read like 10 books mm. in my whole life. You know, I want to accumulate a lot of knowledge, but um. Do you have a recent? Do you have a book you're reading currently? Uh, yeah, it's a fictional book. It's I. Right. It's just because I read a lot. I'm of, a big reader as well, so I, I love talking <laughs> books. I read a lot of nonfiction, so I was getting a little bored of it, and my visualization skills were getting a little poor. Like I feel like my meditation improves when I'm reading fiction because I'm able to see the movie in my head more, 
And when I'm meditating, I can like visualize my goals and stuff like that. But yeah, I have my forced meditations like reading. I mean, like you just said, I go to the courts every day at like 8 a.m. and I'll just shoot alone or I'll shoot with my boy Jack. And then like there's just certain things I have to do. Like Wim Hof. But then I also try to force myself to do traditional meditation where I would sit down and it's just me and nothing else and just catch and release thoughts and try to let them pass through and like catch and release emotions. Mm. And even if I don't think it was necessarily a good session or I actually ever cleared my head, my body always feels better after. And like my mood is always uplifted because I gave myself that time, you know? Absolutely. I think the power of the mind is something that cannot be underestimated. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in science, you can like, you know, look, just look to the placebo effect for something that kind of shows it. Uh, I know there's been a lot of examples, uh, back to meditation of, uh, there's this guy, Dr. Joe Dispenza who's like, oh, dude, I have his book upstairs, literally becoming superhuman. Dude, are we the same fucking person? I think we might be. I'm so glad, I'm so glad I got to come on the show. Like, you know, the story with Dr. Joe Dispenza is he's basically able to heal people. He was able to heal people who had, uh, like, crippling car accidents through kind of meditation and belief that they were able to heal themselves mm-hmm. when modern medicine had given up on them. And these people were able to make full recoveries through kind of his method, which may sound like, you know, weird and crazy, but I promise it's true. And so I think that kind of just goes back to saying that, like, you know, you can't discount the power of the mind yeah. and how kind of uh, important those positive, like, just the way you think is. Mm-hmm. I know. He talks about like the gamma rays and shit like that. And, yeah. Like, that shit makes me. Believe me, man. I, I'm, I'm super in all of it. I so. believe like that shit makes sense to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. If we have phones that could do that, there's no way a phone has a greater power on this planet than my brain. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I could, I don't know. I really, that shit gets me fucking, it gives me chills when I hear him talk and like I watch his YouTube videos talking about like. Tibetan Buddhist monks that like yeah. fucking can produce gamma waves from their brain because they're just so dialed in. Like that shit's so sick to me. It's so cool, man. It's so crazy. Um, and like every kind of like these Wim Hof or Dr. Joe Spencer are kind of modern examples, which I love because I feel like so much in today people need some sort of scientific evidence to believe yeah. in something. Mm-hmm. Which I'm, I think it's good to have factual proof, but I don't. Uh, it's something I'm kind of not a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, if it works for you, you don't gotta fucking yeah. see the numbers. You know? And I think like you know some. Like, you know, a lot of, like, with kind of ancient practices such as meditation stuff, a lot of people sort of discount it. But that's why I love kind of guys like Wim Hof or Dr. Joe Dispenza that are doing this stuff in a modern age where people can be like, whoa, yeah. they're doing this. Like, you know, Wim Hof has done studies where, like, at universities where they've, put him you know, in tubs of ice. yeah, they put him in tubs of ice and he's been able to, like, you know, keep his heart rate below a certain threshold or they've injected him with, like, certain bacteria and he's been able to adjust through his breathing, like, have his body fight the bacteria off. Like, I think that's really important to mm-hmm. kind of combine the traditional and the modern. Um... I know, just kind of going back to what you said about sort of the, the, our thoughts and stuff, this just kind of made me think of a little story that uh, it was before before I did that um, that illegal fight down in Rhode Island. Um, my friend Kyle Boschniak, who uh, he's a UFC featherweight, very accomplished mixed martial artist. Hard. Um, he's super cool. He's one of my biggest mentors. I feel like he's like my, my older brother. That's awesome. But... Uh, Kyle, before that fight, he was like, how you feeling, man? The night before, I was like, dude, I, I've never been so nervous in my life. And he told me this story. He said, uh, the Native American, the Native American, it was a Native American story. Um, the, there's a son and a father. And the son kind of asked his dad, like, you know, how do I be positive in life? How can I enjoy my life? And the dad told his son, in your mind, there are two wolves constantly fighting for control. One that's like, you know, bad. One that wants to bring you down. One that wants to ruin you. And one that's good, and one that one that's good, one one that wants to like you know bring you up and help you live your best life. 
He's like, and so anytime you have your opportunity to feed one of the wolves with your thoughts, choose to feed the good wolf. Hmm. That's cool. And so I just anytime, like, you know, something comes bad and something like, you know, a bad thought comes up and I try to think of myself like, you know, feed the good wolf. Yeah. What is feeding the good wolf for you? I think it all comes back to positivity. Yeah. Um, I well, think what would you do? Like what? So say a bad thought comes in. What do you do? Do you say that's not me? Do you say like, yeah, I try to, I try to like, you know, that's a very good one. Just saying, oh, that's not me. But I think just discounting it can only do so much. I think you have mm-hmm. to replace nice. it with positivity too. Valid. So like maybe I'll just use like a example, like say I got a test back and I did really poorly. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, rather than thinking like, oh, I'm an idiot. I'll never be successful. I'm not going to graduate. I think like, hey, like, you know, I did poor this one time, but I'm a smart person. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, a, I'm a smart person. I'm a good student. I'm all this stuff. Yeah, and I built, yeah. I'd use it as an opportunity to build myself up rather than like, you know, beat no. myself down even further. Facts. Because like if you make a it's like if you're on a sports team and you make a mistake, you don't need your teammates yelling at you. You're already more mad at yourself. You know? Yeah. So you got to fucking. This is, this is kind of something I've, so I know we talked about before. I told you before we were recording. I told you about how I coach a high school wrestling team. Mm-hmm. And wrestling's kind of an interesting sport because it's, for these high schoolers, a lot of times it's like the, f- very rarely do we have an opportunity to go out and kind of compete one-on-one with someone. Mm-hmm. And wrestling, I think, is so cool and so um, influential on these boys because it gives them, like, you know, it's so humbling, it's so tough. And not only are you going out and, like, you know, competing one-on-one with someone, but you have all the, it's like, there's just something about there's no glory in it at all. Yeah. Like at least like when I go out and fight, like it's cool, like it's on TV, it's in front of a couple thousand people. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's flashing lights and entrance music and it's awesome. <laughs> High school wrestling, like, you know, you're at like, you know, the gym in some bump up western mass town at seven AM and you have in, six matches in one yeah, day. Yeah. In like, you know, a fucking singlet and you're like this underdeveloped high school kid and no one cares. <laughs> yeah. There's seven other matches going on at the same exact Yeah, literally. Time. There's no glory in it whatsoever. And it's like, you know, for these kids, I think it's the best experience. And another thing that's interesting about wrestling is, like you said, you have to go do it so many times in one day. Mm-hmm. If I lose a fight, I can beat myself up for the next, you know, only fight twice a year. So yeah. six months until I fight again. These boys, like, you know, it's so great for them because they have to lose, be able to pick themselves up, dust, dust themselves off, mm-hmm. become positive again, and go wrestle again in, like, you know, 30 minutes. Yeah. That's wrestling. I have always been good friends with wrestling, and I like wrestlers and I think it's because of like that mentality like I I gravitate towards that where it's just like they don't give a fuck you know and it's like not in a bad way like it's like they don't care what you think they're just doing it for them and like all the glory is not like there is glory in it but it's just for you and it's like what your parents watching you pin like pin someone in a big match your boys who you practice with every day watching you use a new move like that little shit you know like it's not like one big win where you get to put a crown on your head and get a trophy it's like that little shit of just the grit and watching the grind actually pay off you know absolutely it, it's it's so special what about wrestling too is anyone I, I mean this might be a credit to my coaches at my high school but anyone i've ever seen start wrestling freshman year and go through senior year has gone to states yeah at, like like if you stick with it, it's something you genuinely get good at. You yeah. know? Like it's 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 just cool to watch like you really get out what you put in. Like there's natural Absolutely. ability in a lot of sports, but wrestling it's like no, you just fucking get yeah, work. You get out what you put in. And it's I, I love that aspect of it. I wish I wish basketball and wrestling weren't the same season because I, I yeah. alternated a couple of years doing both, but I stuck with basketball in the end. But yeah, wrestling I, I love that shit. It's so fun to watch and it's like so cool to watch kids grow up and become just beasts, you know. 
It's awesome, man. I love, I mean, the, teaching them the wrestling part's really fun because, like, I physically love to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that was something, high school wrestling was a lot of fun for me, mm-hmm. and I was lucky to be pretty good at it. Um, and then, I, obviously, like, you know, with my fighting career, I continued, and after graduating, I learned even significantly more about wrestling. And being able to, like, you know, teach the guys techniques has been fun, but my favorite part of it is being able to kind of mentor them on the life aspect of mm. it. Like, you know, when You're I see... you with them kid, so much as oh a coach. Oh, my God. I mean, I spend, like, you know, like... I joke with my friends, like, you know, I have, like, the easiest job in the world because I love it. Yeah. Whereas they might, like, you know, be, like, working at, like, my roommate John works at UPS, which is super hard and, like, yeah. weird hours. And, <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, I'm with these kids, like, all week. Like, you know, we practice for two hours a day and then I'm with them for ten hours every Saturday yeah. on the days of the meets. Um, and you kind of, like, I feel like they're, like, my little brothers, you know oh, what I mean? Facts. Like, it's, like, I'm, it's, like, my job to, like, protect them and look out for them. And there's so much emotions that come with wrestling. Like, being beaten in a physical competition like wrestling is hard enough to begin with and then like you know when you're like an emotional high school kid yeah that has to go through that it's so much it's so tough so like it is a very to, emotional sport it's so emotional man trying to console a kid that like you know just got pinned yeah uh trying to like you know pick up a kid's confidence who hasn't won a match all year and needs to go out and like you know wrestle this good kid for the team to win mm-hmm. um like all this stuff even just some kids, like, just get them to go out and step out on the mat takes, like, a lot of bravery and courage. And you have to really build these kids up. Yeah. And then, yeah, or just, like, you know, teaching them that... I think the biggest thing that wrestling taught me was that I could do a lot more than I thought I could. Mm. Like, we make the... I don't know how it was in Marlboro, but, like, we make the practices, like, so unnecessarily difficult for yeah. the kids. Like, so physically hard. Like, it's, like, you know, sprints and... Make them like you know carry each other around on their shoulders and wrestle for like. I mean, it was like that. that Yeah, I mean, but you know, consistently, you never looked forward to it. It's exhausting, right? Like you were like, "Fuck!" Yeah, exactly. And I think the main thing I want to teach these kids is, you know, they might hate me for all the physical stuff I put them through, but I want them to learn that, like, you know, they're a lot more powerful than they think they are, and they can, once they kind of get past those those mental blocks, they can do anything. Yeah, that's awesome, bro. You're fucking. Damn, it seems like you're already living the dream in essence. You know, I feel like I'm lucky enough to feel like I am. Because I could see it, bro. Like, it's, you just seem very content with where you are. And I've, I've felt that feeling, too. It's nice to see. It's nice to be there. Like, I think about it when I was, like, when I was, I was like, I want to I wanna be a podcaster. And the next thing you know, now, like, now look do, where you like, are now. in essence, I'm fucking living the dream right now. Just producing podcasts and shit like that. We'll find what's next. But what what's... Do you think mentoring kids is something that might stick for you for a while? Absolutely. Yeah? I want to do it as long as I can. Damn, that's awesome. What I, do you study? So I'm doing the pre-law program. Mm-hmm. Um, law is another thing I'm very interested in. We can talk about that next. But I, guess I, just want, <laughs> I just want to talk about, just touch on the kids real quick. And I feel like uh, for these kids that chose wrestling, um, there's like a special way that I can relate to them because they picked something, they picked to do something that I've been very interested in myself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when I talk about, like, you know, kind of before, my mentors that helped me be my, like, I don't want to say be a man, but be my version of what it means to be a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrestling was something that really helped me with that. It, like, you know, it, hum- you, it you humbled me, it built me up. Were you a kid growing up? Was there... No, I was a fat kid growing up. Oh, I lost really? a, lot, a lot, yeah. So that, was, <laughs> that was another thing. It's like, I, when I kind of started martial arts, I lost a lot of weight and got, like, you know, really Calm fit. And, and yeah. That's like, we t- again, we'll, we'll put a bunch of stuff on the back burner to touch on after <laughs> Fuck it, you gotta keep it on the background. I'll lose it. <laughs> but um, yeah, with these kids, I feel like they've chosen to do something that was very special to me. Uh-huh. And my wrestling coaches, and like you know, in addition, I know a lot of people don't think of it that way, but like you know, wrestling, wrestling and MMA go kind of hand in hand. 
um, like you know, my wrestling coaches and my MMA coaches, they've taught me so much about not just how to be a fighter, but how to be kind of an upstanding person. Mm. And I want to do the same thing for these kids. That's so, awesome. like, I want to teach them, like, you know, not just wrestling, but I want to teach them how to be, like we talked about before, like, they can do so much more than they think they can. I want to teach them how to be tough. I want to teach them how to persevere. Mm-hmm. I want to teach them how to, like, you know, pick up their friends when they're down. Yeah. How to support each other. Maybe how to... Be a human. Yeah. That's sick. And how to just, like, you know, when you're in a really tough, uncomfortable environment, just to, like, you know, bite down the mouthpiece and go through with it. That's hard as fuck. I've, uh, it's crazy. You see that universally with like going hand in hand with martial arts and like the pride they take in being like a citizen. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you look like I listen to Joe Rogan all the time. I watch UFC and like I watch all the UFC fighters who come on it. And there's like appreciation of being like a person that comes with like the discipline of fighting and the like the shit you put your body through. You know? Yeah. It uh. It all comes kind of. It's like the warrior's code, man. You know? I mean, my kind of. What's the warrior's code? It's not really like a thing in general, but kind of if you look at any sort of um, society that had a great warrior class, whether it was the Spartans, the Samurai are my, my personal favorite, mm-hmm. uh, the Apache Native Americans, the Vikings, they all had sort of a set of standards of morality and conduct for the warrior class because they were seen as kind of the highest group of people. Uh, for the Samurai, it was called the Bushido Code. It was like a set of, I believe, it used to be like, I think it was 11 values that every Samurai had to embody. Mm. It was like courageous, honorable, truthful, kind, like all this stuff. And I think that that's kind of something that goes special martial arts. Like, you know, I'm by no means like a soldier or anything modern yeah. day, but I feel like it's my kind of like, uh, representation of wanting to be that kind of like warrior, that ancient warrior. That's you know what I mean? Fuck. That's the hardest shit. That, I've like that Mr. Miyagi type of guy. <laughs> that's so sick. But yeah, Damn. so that, that's why it's like, I don't want to just teach these kids how to fight. I want to teach them how to be good people. I, I mean, I hope I'm a good person so they're learning it from a good source. But You don't got to hope, man. I can tell you're a good person because you want to teach these kids this shit. Because you learned. I mean, you, you know, like, you're able to teach these kids these values because you, you literally went through the same process and learned it, you know? And at 20 years old, you're already trying to flip around and teach the kids under you. Like, that's something special, bro. Like, you, you got to be proud of that. Trying, man. Trying. Yeah. Coaching the boys is awesome. Uh, I've done some other teaching, too. I used to, uh, Boston University, I used to... When I was in high school, they had, like, a jiu-jitsu club. Mm-hmm. And uh, while I was in high school, I taught that, which was kind of fun. Damn. I didn't tell any of them I was in high school because I don't want to create, like, a Damn, you're literally like Joe Rogan. But, uh, <laughs> That's so sick. So that was a lot of fun. I, like, volunteered there. Um, yeah, I def- teaching something, like, I love. And I feel like there's no point in having knowledge if you don't want to pass it on. Facts. Who, who, who are you gatekeeping that shit from? Yeah, literally. But so, was... fan, real quick, anyone at Suffolk listening, if you want some, like, you know, some private <laughs> lessons... <laughs> Fucking hit up the boy Wolfie. He'll, te- he'll get you right. <laughs> so what's the word with pre-law? It's awesome, man. I love it. Uh, in a way, I feel like law and fighting are sort of kind of similar. They're both kind of aspects where you have a certain amount of tools, whether it's your moves or your knowledge of the law, mm-hmm. and you're using it in a, um adversarial format to win something. Mm. The American legal system actually stems from the old English trial by combat, where two people are allowed to kind of go hand-in-hand hand to settle their problem. Except rather than doing it in a physical sense, it's through kind of art. Yeah, exactly. It's in an argumentative sense. And so that's kind of why I love the law. I'm also kind of very passionate about justice. Uh I think that um, it makes me very sad when I see uh, people who are uh, misrepresented or, I don't know, I just feel like I've always had kind of, I want to stick up for people, you know what I mean? Whether it was like an elementary school and I saw a kid getting bullied, like, you know, I wanted to be, I wanted to like, you know, be like, hey, like. Yeah, if you're in the position. Like, you know. 
when I see people putting down, I want to pick them up. And I feel like in my career, I wanted to find something where I could, like, you know, obviously besides, I can't make, unfortunately, I can't make a living coaching high school wrestling. Uh, I wanted to find something where I was really able to, a field where I could really help people in my way with that kind of concept of justice. That was, mm-hmm. I've always been very important to me. I think the law is kind of the perfect marriage of those two things, that like ability to be able to fight for what you believe in and to be able to help others. So I think that's what really caught my interest about it. That's awesome, bro. That's sick that you've combined and intertwined. I think that's when you know it's right. You keep following the shit you like, and then somehow you look, you step back and you look at it, and all of a sudden it's interconnected somehow. Somehow there's like some unseen woven net that's been there for centuries, but you just like you caught a glimpse of it because you saw the shit you just liked line up. I've been there. I've seen that shit before too. Yeah, man. I I love it. It's super cool. What's your major? Environmental science. Interesting. So that's kind of why I brought up that point earlier about like how we've all faced that. Pro- I don't know. I just feel like every time we talk about the state of the environment, like it, every professor I've had, every teacher is like, it's your job. Like mm-hmm. it's your generation's job to fix it. Like, yeah, it fucking sucks. And like, it's unfortunate you came to this world with this duty, but if you don't do something about it, if we don't do something about it, then there's nothing like nothing. You ever, you see that movie? Don't look up. No, I haven't. It's a like it's a, it's kind of it's a comedy, but it's it's a little dumb. It's um, just about like this asteroid that's gonna hit the planet and it's gonna blow it up and like scientists are trying to tell the world, but they're all like they just politicize it and like ignore it and like. Is this a fictional movie? Do I actually do I have to worry about an no, asteroid? No, no, it's it? fiction. And, and, and it's like <laughs> it's just making fun of the state of our society right now. How that's like, like a satire for climate change? Yeah, like we politicize climate change instead of actually fixing it and like. Like, it's saying you could tell us the world's going to end and we wouldn't believe it. We'd politicize it and we'd still care more about, like, celebrity marriages and shit like that and, like, stupid drama like that, so. It's weird how little we care about the things that matter. Mm, it's funny. It's, it, it's like, why? Yeah. Uh, the uh, environment and nature, I mean, I'm not, not an environmental studies major, so I don't have nearly the amount of knowledge that you do, but I think that I've had a very kind of strong con- connection with nature growing up mm-hmm. in both kind of a physical and spiritual sense. I think that... as well. The nature is kind of like, you know, the soul of our world. Yeah. I think that especially, like, you know, trees and stuff, there's a lot of kind of positive, I don't know if you're familiar with, like, grounding or earthing at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of positive energy that we can kind of draw from the earth itself. There's, li- and... like, there's literally a charge of the earth that when your bare skin touches that shit, like, exactly. you drop it. Exactly. Um, and I think that we, I agree, we are kind of supposed to be sort of stewards of the earth and protect it. Mm-hmm. And it makes me so sad to see, feel like, you know, it treated so poorly. You know, I don't, it doesn't make me sad to see it treated poorly. Well, of course, it's not a good thing, but I don't think it's out of malintent. I think we're doing what we do need to do to survive. This is all part of our path. This is there's a there's a bigger reason to the things that are happening. Like there's a spiritual reason to the physical changes that are happening. Like a theory of like um, I don't know. I watch me and my friends like we watch this. There's this long YouTube series like the theory of one. And it's like the, there's this God Ra or whatever in the Egyptian, I don't know, it's about like Egyptian theory, shit like that. Nice. But it was just saying how like over time there's going to be a point where the planet's going to heat up to, to burn off like negative energies and then allow like um, communal consciousness to come in. Like, you know, it's, it's like kind a, of wrapping like a Noah's up. Ark type of situation. Yeah, in a sense. So like that's kind of, it's kind of going hand in hand with what I'm saying, how I think people are moving towards thinking about the collective instead of themselves and i think that's catalysted by climate change so like it's going hand in hand so yes it's horrible that it's happening we've caught it and we need to correct it now but it's not bad that it happened it had to happen that way and we're only going to keep progressing because it happened that way 
I agree. I agree. I think sometimes it can take a big sort of wake up call to make you sort of real to make you realize things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like I said before, I'm no expert. I guess the only real way that I try to like you know support the environment, I guess like voting with my dollars is really the thing I mm-hmm. do my best to do. I try to like uh, when it comes to like food and stuff, you buy stuff that's like responsibly sourced, mm-hmm. and organic, and ethical farming. The best thing you can do is figure out where your food comes from. That's what I do. I actually for all. Pretty much all my food, and it cost me way more to do this, but I try to go to uh, local farms and farmers markets to get it. That's hard as fuck. People that are using uh, like rotational grazing, like stuff mm-hmm. like that. Damn, you're ri- dude. We literally are all into the exact same thing because I almost like literally me. My fr- one of my dreams is to have a farm where it's a sustainable farm. That's what I want. I want to just live off the grid. Just have my own have With my rotational own grazing. Fucking like just worm worm. Um, fuck, what the fuck is it called? Composting. Just composting. It's like. Worm casting. Yeah. So worm casting, composting, like, just using, like, working with the schools around me and trying to, like, teach kids how to garden and shit like that. Like, yeah. I think, honestly, I think that's the solution is going back to community farms. I complete. I could, I could not agree with you more. Um, I know, kind of, the reason, what got me into this was kind of from, like, uh, from a nutritional aspect. Dude, I, fuck, dude, I could like, not agree more. I mean, as, like, a fighter, I've been looking my whole life for little ways to kind of get an edge. Yeah. And kind of. I've uh, done, like, a lot of research in nutrition and stuff and just found, like, the difference in quality of, like, you know, say, like, beef you buy at a stop-and-shop and beef that's grass-fed that you get from, like, a local farm yeah, is yeah. night and day. Mm-hmm. And the effect that it has on the environment is also night and day. Like, you know, one's putting stuff back into the soil, helping, like, you know, regrow the earth. The other is just taking. And then it's, like, ethics, too. Like, Absolutely. Like, really, how you're treating that animal and, like, how that soul's affected, you know? And, like, I... I'm in the exact same boat with you. It started off as nutrition, and then it started off as practicality and sustainability, or like it moved towards that. And now I look back at it all, and I can see it in a spiritual way too. I could see how like my thoughts and my opinions and my views were altered, and like it was almost like there was this spirit realm guiding me the whole time. You know? Absolutely, man. I feel like that uh, one big disconnect we have in our modern, in our modern society that I've been kind of me, my roommate, and I talk a lot about. I, I know you know John. Yeah. Uh, John. For anyone who knows around Suffolk, you know, real long hair. One of the cool, one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet. Swole but body. he, yeah, he's the man. I couldn't. Both my roommates, John Lucas. I can't say enough good things about him. They're my best friends. I love him to death. That's awesome. Um, but John's from a very rural area of Pennsylvania. He grew up in a farm town, uh-huh. and we kind of talk about this a lot. He was saying, uh, we, "Man, people in the city have such a disconnect between where they're like between their food." Yeah. He's like, you know, back in Duncannon, where he's from, I can go. If I want eggs, I can go to my neighbor who has a bunch of chickens and I can get eggs. If I want to have, you know, turkey for dinner, I can go to my neighbor and he'll kill the turkey right. He'll like you know kill the turkey right in front of me and give it to me. He's like it's like seeing stuff like that makes you remember. It's like you know, man, like this stuff is like you know, it's chicken isn't just something that appears in the supermarket. You know what I mean? And it shows you like people think we haven't made like we're still surviving like it's still we still it's still a competition you know what i'm saying it's still yeah. survival of the fittest we're still fighting for i mean survival of the fittest isn't the right term to use but we're still fighting for space and yeah. we're still fighting for food in essence but like it seems so easy because we just use dollars and like it's right here at our disposal but yeah i think overpopulation is going to exploit that issue and bring that yeah. to our face because there's going to be big food security issues but yeah, I genuinely think that communal farmings and bringing farm that that's why I t- do environmental science in the city because I could easily go to UVM or some school that's already has like a pretty good sustainable program in their system and just 
latch onto that, learn, and then take whatever from it. But you don't have the environment to implement it in an after. Yeah, exactly. And like, like I think they already it, have like in Vermont, they already have. They already that have it system. all. Like you're not like pushing anything. That's awesome. Whereas That's in so the cool. city, I'm like, well, this is if cities are going to continue, we have to work here. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. this is where we're going to have to fix exactly. it. So I think. This is where there's a lot of opportunity. I think if you make any product or system that's sustainable, like you're gonna have a, a very successful business. I think that the only way things are gonna change in terms of overall health, and I'm talking the planet and people's mental and physical health is with diets and changing the way we, our whole like I, entire food system. I absolutely agree. I think a lot of stuff uh, today, whether it's autoimmune disease or uh, not mental illness, but like you know, but in like let's depre- be real, depression though, like, can really be caused by like you know having poor food sources. Mm-hmm. Like you know, eat, go out and like you know eat a Twinkie or go out and like you know eat a apple you just picked off a tree grown without pesticides. You're gonna feel really your body's just gonna feel different. Like there's a lot. There's definitely a correlation in between obesity and mental health as well. And the there's a correlation between obesity and poverty. Like it's just yep. a horrible circle. I completely agree. Been, like we just yep. gotta bring people back and, to their food. Yeah, I think it's very sad um, that. Uh, kind of like you know I'm fortunate enough that I was from an affluent enough family that I can afford to buy like you know really good quality food but I think it's so sad that um, health is kind of dictated by the dollar yeah I don't I think that that's one thing that's really wrong with our society I think that like you know everyone should have access to good quality food good quality water um, kind of the basic stuff we need in that just because you're not as economically privileged doesn't mean that you should have this barrier between you and your health Mm -hmm. it's tough it's a tough balance to find because of how many goddamn people we have. Oh, I know, dude. It's crazy. You know? It's crazy. And it's just going to get worse. I think that's going to be the biggest issue. Population. We yeah. Because once we hit 10 billion, which is, like, inevitable, I think it's just going to, like, be COVID times 10. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit that's, like, affecting the globe. Mm-hmm. Like, climate issues and natural disasters. That is just going to, like, wipe off massive groups of people. Yeah, it might get disturbing. I know it's 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 scary, man. But I feel like I have hope for humanity itself, though. I feel like we have a similar outlook. Um, I think it's we're living in a very tumultuous time, as we're gonna see in kind of you and my lifetime. A lot is gonna happen, and a lot is gonna change. Yeah. But at the same time, I think a lot of people folks are like, man, like what a shitty time to be alive, but all this stuff. I think it's kind of an amazing time because we're gonna to, we're gonna time. get to be like you know we might not be a part of that roaring 20s generation but we get to like you know we're not going to world war though yeah exactly that's very true um but i think what we do get to do like you know i feel like our parents and stuff are always reminiscing about the past yeah and saying like you know this generation's like you know well that's because that's what they have that's what they have we're gonna do the same thing because we want to feel like i know i know yeah i feel like kind of the difference for us is like you know there's a lot of crazy shit happening or like with college like a lot of people that are older i know say to me they're like oh man like it must suck to go to college right now yeah. And I feel like the difference between like, you know, like sure there are unfortunate things happen things happening, but like we're kind of the generation that's gonna get to like, you know, be the change in all of this. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. It's it's kinda awesome. I feel like more often than not when I sit down like someone like sit down like this with someone, like I find out that they're very similar minded to me and that like they do think ahead for the future of the greater good. I really think that's what our generation's like whole purpose is is to to learn that it is like life is a lot better when we all work as one, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. But I mean, I think some of my professors on the last day of 
the semester last sem- last semester they were saying like some crazy shit and they were like it literally felt like I was in a movie because at the end they're like you guys are the last hope and they're like I they're like and they're being like scary one of yeah and it was so real bro because he was literally like he's like well I have hope in you guys because if I don't then there's no chance and I'm like well fuck I guess you have it's, a it's all you there. now <laughs> yeah and it sucks but. I mean, I'd rather have it in my hands than anyone else, you know? And yep. I think that's why, I think going back to the way beginning, I think that's why I get so much anxiety about not being enough is because... You feel like it's your responsibility. It, I feel like it is my responsibility, you know? And I feel like I'm a pretty smart kid, so I could do something rather impactful, you know? Yeah. So, just got to find the balance of fucking not stressing myself out, but also yeah. making a difference and fixing well, it's shit. Well, not, it's not all on your shoulders, I promise. It's Yeah, it's on everybody's. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, fuck. Yeah, all you motherfuckers listening, do your part. <laughs> but um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I mean it's so tough, dude. I mean I think the biggest part thing of it all is like, like I said, I'm no expert, but just doing what you can. Mm. I know, like for me as like a city slicker kid from South Boston, it'd be tough for me to like you know get real. Like obviously it's like a dream to have land and stuff and live in the country, but it's just not the reality of where I am now. And so like like I said, like I I just do my best to like, you know vote with my dollar, like support yeah. stuff that's good for the environment. Try not to with other stuff. I feel like that's. At least for me at the moment, I'm just trying to do what I can. Maybe at a different point in my life, it'll be something more. Yeah. But that's just where where I am right now. At the consumer level, doing your doing your part is very beneficial. But to it's gonna it's gonna take change in the industry and it's gonna take legislation. And that's what I've come to realize in my classes is yeah, like using reusable bags and like even sourcing local foods. Like it is good, it is great, and it's helping. But it's not gonna do it, and it's gonna have to come down to a like a world leader making the decision Mm -hmm. that they want to fix this you know and like local government continuing to improve their surroundings and stuff like that it's gonna it's gonna take a lot but yeah people can try to do what they what they can themselves but it's like we can't feel i don't know in a lot of our classes we talk about how like the consumer feels the blame of it when it's really the industry you know like it's like the big corporations that are like oh do this do that so you could help the environment while simultaneously they have the largest carbon footprint on the planet you know yeah very hypocritical exactly and we'll see what happens i mean i bet some people will politicize it continue to politicize it and greenwashing will be an issue and then i bet what is what is greenwashing it's like the idea of advertising something as sustainable and renewable or like you ever see like nikes that are like oh this was used by trash or something like that yeah and then like you read the fine print and it's like one percent of trash Mm -hmm. like it wasn't actually useful and like the net output of things was still negative it's like that it's like putting on a label that it's good when it's not it's like a facade kind of yeah it's essentially false advertising it should be illegal but it's it's there's no department right now to like enforce that and regulate that you know Yeah, yeah yeah it will eventually but I mean, until that point, people are going to take advantage of it for a dollar or two, you know? Man, those greedy fucks. Yeah, facts. The rich just keeps getting richer. But you want to wrap this up? This was dope. Sure thing, man. I had such a great time, man. This was so much fun. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Of course. Peace out.